we are back again with another episode of Miskatonic Alumni Association. I am Bill, and forever chained to my side is Terry. How are you doing tonight, Terry? In a good mood, Bill. Uh, we've come to the end of our long, <laughs> long, arduous journey, as I'm sure you can concur with, right? It, yeah, it's uh, it's a relief. It's yeah. a relief. I'm, yeah. I, I can say... I can say right now, I'm glad uh, it's a 10-episode-long series. That's <laughs> that's the thing I'm celebrating here. I feel like we've become one of those podcasts or um, YouTube series like where, you know, you're just doing this, like, rewatch of a famous show, except we missed the memo and just chose the total wrong show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well... We're not going to make that mistake again, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, uh, if there's a Lovecraft Country Season 2, um, you'll have to tune in to other diligent YouTubers and podcasters to get your discussions of it, because I think we're finished here. Yeah, I think we'll give it a good go in this last episode. We'll get, we'll, I'll try yeah. and be positive. I'll try and give some good thoughts and, you know, end off on a good note rather than be depressing or drive people I know, insane as the, the best Lovecraft stories do. I'll, I'll just say I'll just say this one thing about right now is I know a lot of people like the series and I think there's a lot to like about the series. I just think the problem for me is that it, for what I prefer in my style of horror, this is not horror at all. And for what I prefer in my style of adventure, this is not really my style of adventure. And what exasperated the fact is the title Lovecraft Country because I am really into Lovecraft and this is not Lovecraft at all as we've discussed time and time again so I came at it from a wrong angle and it's not really directed towards me anyhow it's not the type of of adventure and or horror story that I get behind it's not my style so I think I was doomed to be disappointed from the get-go. I just didn't realize it until I was in too deep. I think, like, um, you know, I was actually trying to think before today, like, why did he choose the title, like, Lovecraft Country? Like, maybe it makes more sense in terms of the book. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But, can you know, coming coming at the end of the show now and looking back at it and I'm like we've had the briefest of like dalliances with like Cthulhu in that first episode and a flash of a Lovecraft book and like fake Arkham or Ardham as they call it and mm. like our little proto Shoggoths or whatever they were and other than that like none of that has been particularly important to the story it's just been like little brief things of like hey hey Lovecraft you see it wink <laughs> yeah. and then they move on um so I think pretty much the same as you. Like I've also come at it from uh, a direction. That I suppose it's not intended for people like us, really, um, which is why we do tend to be down on it. And I mean, that's not to say it's like a a bad show necessarily, but it's not a show that I'm particularly fond of or that I will actually remember once we're done with today's episode. It will just fade away into nothingness, and that's probably the best thing you can do with it after having watched it. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Well, Terry, why don't you uh, take us out right now? It, where does this episode pick up? What are we getting ourselves into? 
Well, I know like last week they, they headed through to that observatory and Hippolyta was like jacking herself into the system and they had that whole Tulsa like um, scene where they get this book of names that they need to save Diana who was cursed by this police chief, etc, etc. You know, just another day in uh, Chicago, right? Um, yeah. So it pretty much... We, Chicago, which is mystically connected to every single city in the United States with within a five-minute walk. Exactly. As we see in this episode again, where they, they seem to yeah. have walked to quite a distance. So I, I think then, like, it, it picks right off, um, right up where it left off last week uh, with them yeah. rushing back there with Diana and then trying to do the spell to lift the curse, right? And that's yeah. how we're, we're brought into it. I, I think, like, one little positive thing I'll start on is... I really like the opening title card designs every week. Mm. That's always yeah. been nice, yeah. right? They they do have a nice aesthetic for how they do their title cards. I do like that. And I said there's a lot to like about this show. Uh, I, I will, I will um, one-up you and do my own positive comment for this. At the very beginning, the recap that they have here, like building up into the episode to show like this is the final episode and it's recapping everything going on i thought that was an exciting recap and if i was watching that alone if i missed the previous nine episodes and i just saw that recap i would have come into this final episode thinking wow this series looks really exciting because when you cut the fluff and the meandering from the previous episodes and you just focus on those key points those key plot points that are just driving the story towards its conclusion it looks really exciting and i was far more impressed by the condensed recap than i was of experiencing the past nine episodes so i think i think that recap shows that the core of the story is good the core of the story is entertaining there is something thrilling there i just think uh the polish was lacking in this presentation i think they they tried to do a lot more but that recap really i don't know why it got me very pumped going into the episode like yeah 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 i remember all that yeah it's building out this is going to be something good and then the episode started I think, uh, sadly for me, like that wasn't even included with my preamble to oh, this episode. So like, I'm just like I, I'm thrown right in the deep that. end going like, oh, just another hour to get through. Um, oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So I, I think like this is the point like where we sort of see that, you know, Atticus has to sacrifice himself. I know that's been said the whole yeah. time, but it's, it's pretty much a given that he has to die in the episode. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, they would talk, uh, they, they had that whole section while they were doing the spell, and him and Lady, like, sort of fell unconscious at the floor, and when this sort of, mm. um, other dimension, or whatever you, you could refer yeah, to as. Yeah, some pocket thing, yeah. Yeah, but I, I sort of just got a bit lost in that, because I wasn't, like, I don't know if I was just zoning out at some point here, but I, I, I sort of was trying to figure out why they're trying to do the spell at the autumnal equinox again and you know i, I remember christina is trying to become invincible and so she wants mm. to now do this thing on this 
equinox and you know addicts will die but then i was like why what are they trying to do again are they trying to bind her what does that mean exactly like i, I don't feel like it was ever really stated but it could be sometimes no. it's missed right no I, I i don't think it's really clearly put out there but i just the gist of it i got was they were going to use her magic against her basically making it backfire so mm. I don't think we're supposed to worry about the details on here because the writers clearly aren't. Uh, a lot of this is just done for convenience, and we've seen this in previous episodes. It's like, you have to do this because reasons. And in a lot of stories, that works out. It, it, it fits with the thing, well, that's just how it is. But with so many plot holes that we have in this series... Uh, things like that I can't really overlook because there's just so much more of the writing in all the previous episodes that isn't logical. It doesn't make sense. It, it makes huge leaps of logic. So in this instance where it could be something like, oh, it's a counterspell of sort. Yeah, I get that. But again, it's just another unexplained half-baked idea that we're just supposed to go along with. So... It is what it is. I think that's a really good way of saying it. A half-baked idea that just doesn't seem to stick at any point, you know, that we must just go along with. I, I feel like a lot of episodes have fallen in that trap of, like, you know, having to come up with some mechanism to drag the story forward. And then they don't really put much thought or effort into it. And we're just led from, you know, episode to episode going like, okay, I don't actually understand why they're going through all this. What is their end game plan here? Um, so like pretty much that whole first section, I was just not really too invested in. Like the one thing I liked was where Atticus gets to sort of spend time with his mother and, you know, she tells yep. him that like, look, Montrose and Uncle George, like he is the best parts of both of them. And that was a nice little yeah. thing, you know, like a nice I little... like that too, yeah. Yeah, that was a good way of putting it. And then, you know, to cut a long story short, they eventually do successfully do this spell and like diane comes back and but then i did notice like oh her arms like still looks like a little tiny groot arm or whatever it is and i did sort of and i was like wondering oh i wonder why they did that and then afterwards i realized she's like left-handed so she can't do all those beautiful comics and drawing and writing uh, yeah. um which gave her like a lot of angst in this episode so there was a nice little thing um mm. And then I know, like, as well, at that point, like, Montrose is, like, really worried about Atticus dying. And yeah. Atticus actually lies to him and says, like, oh, yeah, no, there is a way he can do this without dying. Like, he knows he's going to die, obviously. Um, yeah. Especially, you can see the Letty's reaction at that point. She's like, yeah, you know, she understands he's got to die as well. Um, and then this was the part where they walked to Boston. If I remember right. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they walked back to Massachusetts again. So when they went down in that underwater elevator again, I that's when I started saying, okay, then this is probably like magically connected, even though they make no mention of it being so. Uh, which, again, I think it's one of those things you're just supposed to accept it, even though there's no logical point for it. And you would, you would think with how these kind of plot points have come up, 
in earlier episodes, somebody would have mentioned, like, how the hell we get all the way back to Chicago when we were just in Boston? Mm. But instead, they're just like, yeah, we'll just take the elevator back down to to Massachusetts. Like, huh? No. Well, what were the things like, in the cellar? Like, when they walked down in the cellar just before they, they left the, um, Letty's house, and there was, like, stuff under this, like, wooden floorboard, and, like, you know, something knocking oh, there. What I, I figure that was is... Atticus's pet Shoggoth that's protecting him. I, I'm guessing that's where it was staying the whole time, and I, I'm going to rant on the Shoggoth in a little bit, uh, unless you want me to do it now, but yeah, when they went down there, and I, I heard that roaring and the thing banging on, on the little... I don't know what the hatch is down there. Is that the the secret sub basement? Is that is that what it was from the early, earlier episode? Oh, I, I mean, I... Be. I can't even remember. What, whatever it is. Uh, the fact that they just, like, regard it as, like, oh, there's a pet down there sort of reaction. is like, oh, that answers my question from last week or two weeks ago when, like, where is his pet Shoggoth? Well, mm. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And damn it, I'm going to whine about that later, too. I know we're trying to be positive, but yeah. I, I know this is also the point where they, they got some out-of-place music yet again. Um, oh god that it's every week when i look at my notebook when i look at my notebook every week there's always a single note every week that says music still sucks <laughs> and it's it's still here a good way of putting yeah. it uh, and like i'm trying to remember yeah yeah at that point so they perform this spell there in that sort of underground like um space uh, beneath the museum i'm assuming and yeah. they they sort of uh, bring, I, I think that Aunt Abigail, or am I just now getting confused again with the names? But they they bring. I I, I don't remember the name. Yeah. So they bring her. They bring his mother, and they bring old. Um, oh God, what, what what's the 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 main guy's name? The old guy there, the, the old white the guy. Ti- Titus. Titus. Sorry, I keep thinking Tiberius. Titus um, so, <laughs> and they've got to like get a piece of him. So they're like having this huge fight with him. And I just remember like when he sort of magically teleports out of there. Conveniently, it's right in front of Christina and Ruby's car. So I was yeah. like, oh, well, that's a little stroke of luck. Now, Christina must know they're up to something. And, um, oh, yeah, right in front of her car. And can I interrupt mm. you just to say this? And the fact they're driving down a residential neighborhood in the 1950s, but for some reason, when they swerve, they're going at a speed that is so intense that Christina is catapulted through the windshield as if they're doing doing 90 miles per hour down the highway. It's like, I, I with how slow the speeds are now... In the 1950s, and how casually they were driving, I really don't think she was going to be launched like that. But it's more drama. It's more making things look crazier than they are. So I know, like, uh, surprisingly enough for me, I suppose, well, it's an HBO show. So they actually used the N-word. Or um, Titus, yeah. like, said that. That was a bit, of a, a bit of a shocker. I don't know where they were supposed to say, hey, this guy is a really old racist white guy. But... I think we'd known that before. And so, I mean, I, I was surprised. He seemed pretty cool with avoiding their binding spell really easily until they eventually, like, yeah. overpowered him and, I'm assuming, cut off a piece of his flesh from his chest. And yeah, they were vanished, and that was the end of that, right? 
I think at that point, like, yeah. I was like sort of trying to predict that I thought Montrose might actually go and sacrifice himself at the end of the episode, or at least try to to prevent Tick from dying. At least that was at that point in the show. I was like, oh, that's that, that's going to happen, right? And then um, I remember this is also when Letty's Letty lost that invulnerability. Like Christina, mm. like took it back. Um, yeah. And I know this is also when we started seeing like signs of change because they came back to Letty's house and there's now they've actually got like some black neighbors now also just buying houses there. So I don't know whether that was like just trying to give some sort of background in how, you know, things are changing there. Um, I have no idea. Oh, yeah. And then I remember uh, this is like sort of when we're when old Tick goes and visits his good friend Gia, who's. Who, as we've been asking the last two or so weeks, is like, where is she? What happened to her? And she's still staying in a hotel there. I have no idea how he knows that. Because we were just... The last time we saw her, she was at that table with Letty. And then, poof, gone. Um, I, I think this is a show that when it comes to the plot and it comes to what's going on behind the scenes or between the scenes, I should say... Uh, it's a show that constantly assures us it's none of our damn business and it just keeps going on and it's like no here it is it's like well how did that happen it's like don't ask questions just watch our show Mm. like okay but why is this happening it's like why are you still questioning this watch the damn show like okay but does it make sense sir that that's what i'm getting from and it's just frustrating to me terrence Mm. i know uh, every every week we start saying we're not going to try to be negative anymore. But the more I think about these things, the more angrier it gets. Because I just think the writing is so sloppy. And, I mean, you it, just going back a step again, where they go under the house in Chicago. They walk to that little chamber for the spell that they found instantly in Massachusetts way back when they cast the spell and Titus disappears back to Chicago. That's where he reappears. So Christina and Ruby could see him because they're Mm -hmm. not in Massachusetts yet. So I honestly have no idea. It's just all for convenience. It's all for the sake of convenience with no thought put into how to go from A to B to C. It's like, we're at A, next stop, J. It's like, well, how do we get all the way here? It's like, stop asking questions. Watch the show. Mm. Like, I, I, it's frustrating to me, Terry, and I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm starting to lose my, my composure here. It, it's, I, I feel it's weird because I've, on one hand, like these 10 episodes, like when they sort of skip over these plot points, it feels like they're going like, oh crap, we've only got 10 episodes. We can't like focus on these small things or else we're going to drag the show, to, the show out too long. But at the same point, I feel like the 10 episodes was too long for them to actually do anything of significance with as well. Like this main plot just felt like it was dragging on and on and on, like on and on, you know, and then we'd go like for these little divergent episodes and you go like, okay, but aren't they really concerned about the fact is a secret society that can do magic and tick is probably going to die. No, 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 no. Let's just no. take a break, go on a little holiday, do this and that. And that's why 
I, I feel like the writers of the show has a, have as much an idea as we do of how to write a good show. May, yeah. Maybe I'm slandering your ability as a screenwriter, but I know for me, for myself, like I, I, this would be a show I'd be proud of if I wrote it. And that's coming from someone <laughs> yeah. who has no previous experience in screenwriting. So um, This would definitely be a show that if I wrote it, I would be running excitedly into the living room to show mom what I did and just wait for her pat me <laughs> on the head and, and, and I mean, send me off to bed. That, like that whole Geo thing, I, I'm, I, I really feel like that was... I, I, a wasted character because I remember we had feedback on one of the previous episodes where someone on the the um, historical society's Facebook group had said like that whole episode that focused on her was not in the book and I was like oh cool they're, yeah. they're focusing on these characters and maybe fleshing her out and they're going to use her to a useful degree in the show and then she vanished made that one appearance vanished again and like to cut a long story short even in this episode she's pretty much there to do what I, d I couldn't remember to be honest like i think the only thing she does is at the end with her fox tail at the very end yeah other than that <laughs> yeah, she's just singing a song in woody tales. right and that's that's all and yeah. no i i won't bring up that scene the 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 road trip scene when they're they're singing there how did you feel about that scene I found it like it was it was forced to make us like feel like oh okay this is like the last group of them all being happy going to this battle like you know the climax of the series but but it it, it was yeah. just something if they'd taken it I it was cared. it was very heavy handed it was very force fed exactly what you said like just look how happy they are together and this is their last moment but we never really seen them happy together. We've never really seen them as a cohesive unit where this would be a nice return to form where like, okay, they can enjoy this moment as a family together. We never really got that. And having Gia singing along to a song where, yeah, you know, she's into a lot of movies in that front time, but does that mean she would know this song particularly? And even Montrose singing along at the end there, like, did he really open up that much? Like, he's he's getting spotty there. Uh, that, that whole thing is, like, too forced, I think. But I will say one thing. I was happy to hear that song because it's only the second time in media I've heard the song. The first time expertly used in the movie Clue based on the board game <laughs> Clue or Cluedo, depending on where you're from, uh, from, what, 30 years ago. One of the best comedies of all time. And as soon as I heard them singing that, like, I have to go watch Clue again because that's going to wash the taste of this out of my mouth. And, oh, I, I highly recommend the film Clue if you have not seen it yet. If I remember uh, right, Tim Curry yeah. was in that, right? Tim Curry, yeah, Tim Curry's in it. it just all-star cast of comedians from the 80s and just so good you could quote that movie forever <laughs> you could quote that movie forever and it was nice to hear that song again because it brought back great memories of clue while i was suffering through this oh man well at least that's something we could take from it right um <laughs> yeah. i'm just trying to feel at this point oh yeah yeah obviously before this road trip happens like just as they're leaving ruby runs there and says oh yeah i've got this um blood this vial of blood that i managed to somehow extract from christina because i know lady at oscar yeah and i'm like at that point how? like there's nobody ask her like why how? or how and, and she, 
I, I mean, you you know, uh, at that point, like Ruby didn't seem really keen on it when she was talking to Lady. You know, when Lady asked her, like, yeah. look, we need you to get this. She's just like, oh, no, man. You just want to be my sister when you need this stuff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then we sort of see her talking there to Christina, and it sort of cuts away from that. And, you know, obviously there's reasons they're reading it like this as we get on later in the show. But at the same point, like, I felt like, doesn't Lady seem to question, like, why all of a sudden are you running here enthusiastically with a vial of blood? Yeah. yeah. Like, you would think you would question that instantly you were questioning that instantly like hey i got a pickle jar full of blood here from christina and she didn't notice it's like it's like that's a damn lot of blood to sneak away from someone yeah without them noticing so that would have been like red flag number one like i how did you get the blood from her i mean this is a significant amount lady and i do like the fact i do like the idea of the reveal that okay, Christina killed Ruby, um, Ruby betrayed, and Christina is now metamorphosizing. How the hell would you say that? I, I I've never had to use the word in that form. Uh, as Ruby, so I I like that idea, but again, full of plot holes, and. Oh, I just, I don't want to go on rambling too much because, I mean, we're already closing in on the last 10 minutes of what we normally like to keep as a length for this, these episodes. So mm-hmm. I don't want to go on too much, but yeah, I like the reveal. I like the idea of the reveal, um, but I just thought it was another completely shoddy way of doing it, like they do with most of their big plot points here but can we just jump close to the end jump close to the end because i don't want time to run out before i rant on the shoggoth okay let let me quickly do a couple of thoughts before we get to the shoggoth then um i was actually wondering where were all the villagers like we'd seen them in like the first yeah and then on the first two episodes i'm like oh hey all the villagers and they got pitchforks um montrose (laughs) must have brought a heck of a lot of salt that's all I can say. Yeah, that's a lot of salt they had there, yeah. Um, okay. There was that huge Avengers-style fight scene with all the battles happening. Not that it was very great. Uh, Ruby slash Christina has some moves. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll actually get to the other thing after the Shogoth thing. I think before you start your Shogoth one, the only question I had is, why were they showing the Shogoth fight near Diana? Like, and why were they fighting? Was the one the pet and the other ones, Christina ones? I don't know. Yeah, the 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 main one was the tick pet coming to the aid of Diana. But here's, here's where my rant starts here. It starts at the scene. Why would you leave the little girl alone yes. in a car? Yes, my thought why exactly. Why the hell would you leave her alone in the woods? In the woods that they know is full of monsters because it ate an entire police force in the very first episode. Why would you leave the little girl alone there and then just have her saved by the deus ex machina of Tick's pet Shoggoth coming again? All the way from Chicago on his own in a span of five minutes. Because, well, you know, he is a supernatural creature. I suppose he could do that. I mean, if humans can do it, 
I would imagine a supernatural monster can do it too. But then the Shoggoths come and attack her. God, I'm still sad I'm calling them Shoggoths. And then he fights them off. But carrying this through until the very end scene, like the end end scene with Diana. I mean, I know we're skipping the whole like climax here just for my rant. Mm-hmm. But assuming, and I think the logic only points in this direction, assuming the Shoggoth is there protecting Tick because of the spell mantras cast on him. Why is the Shoggoth now Diana's pet? Why is it protecting her? And why is it only hanging out with her and not doing anything to save Tick? How did it defeat like a huge number of other like Shoggoths? Like just this one? Plot armor. And like I know like there at the end where it's like walking up the stairs, I'm like, I bet you it's gonna like sort of howl at the moon. And heaven help me, it howls at the moon. Um And it howled at the moon. Yeah, I And then Diana's arm, I I have to go through with this. So is like season two going to be Adventures of Cyborg or Steampunk Diana? (laughs) Uh oh, I I think uh JJ Abrams is calling us. (laughs) Okay, sorry, I did just we're ranting a bit too much. The house phone tends to be like in this room and the other room. Um yeah, we no. can forgive you because of your, your unfortunate placement there, Terry. So, so if I magically mute myself every few seconds, you'll know why. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. The bionic arm, like a, a bit early in the show, like we sort of see Hippolyta take her to this room and we hear something. We, we don't see it. We just see Diana's yeah. eyes go wide and we're like, <gasps> but And then I just know like our little moment of triumph at the end where she like squeezes our good friend Christina totally dead like that. You know, just like and just make a... make a little girl into a murderer. Yeah. I mean, I know she's killing a bad person, but this is a brutal murder. Mm. And I know Diana has been through a lot, but again, it's still a little girl, and you're making a little girl an actual murderer, a girl who hasn't shown any tendencies to be violent. She showed tendencies to protect herself, to defend her family, mm. but then making her come in. A lady who is dying, Christina, who is dying. She has no chance of escape. She's slowly dying. And then brutally just basically tearing her throat about, crushing it with that robotic hand, like digging her fingers into the neck and killing her. um, Just seems a bit off for the character. Yeah, the only thinking I have about that is that if they do decide to do a second season, like this is the character it's going to focus on, you know, Diana with a bionic arm and a pet Shoggoth writing the Shoggoth. wrongs that have been done against her and her family. Um, It'll uh, be a modern take on a boy and his blob. It'll be a girl and her Shoggoth. What, what was the one thing that they performed that spell right at the end or something that they said, and they said it affected all white people, but I wasn't sure yeah, yeah. what that happen like we're not shown anything there's like no again the, it just it's it just a thing that makes no sense you i was thinking okay they're doing the binding spell to make her magic backfire against her they're going to take away her immunity and all that stuff and then they just mentioned there that when when christina's trying to do her magic and it's gone i don't know if they meant that literally they removed the ability for all white people in the world to do magic or if it was being more symbolic that they took the magic away 
from Christina, who's like the last of this line of this whatever Adam group it is, whatever whatever those people are. And now they have the book. So the magic is going to be with them alone. And she was just phrasing it that way. I couldn't tell you which it is, but I assume we would have to go face value and say that they just removed the ability for white people to do magic. What was the other thing? Like, how did Letty get that uh, protection mark back again? I thought that had been taken. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. And I was wondering the same thing. She's thrown out. She's killed. And it's like, ha I got it back. And it's then like, like she obviously goes how? and does her sprinting thing again that I've mentioned before where her, her yeah. main superpower in every episode is just running very fast somewhere. Running very fast. Um, I get, it's just so, it's so disjointed and nothing is explained. I'm so heartbroken. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, okay, for me, the one nice thing towards the end, for at least for me to end off on a positive note, was that like um, this little letter that Ticket prepared for Montrose, yeah. like, ends out ends you know with this quote from Alexander Dumas from uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, mm. and that was like a nice way to sort of tie the show um, into this little circle, uh, as it's called, full circle. Um, you know, yeah. with that book having played a major role, like in early episodes, and had a lot to do with his background as a character. So that that was a nice point. Like I, I thought at least for Tikamontros, there was a nice way to end things off, despite yeah. his death. The letter was nice, and I'm glad they went through and allowed Tick to die and not pull off some crap of how he did figure out a way to circumvent it, and he's going to be around. I'm glad, like, there was still consequence, like you would expect in a situation like this. So, props to them for that. I don't know if he'll be returning in the future series, but uh, at least they stuck to their guns where you know it was dangerous. Mm. And Gia even witnessed his death at that point, so she knew he was going to die there, so even she couldn't save him. So, I mean, it was good that they did that and they didn't take a crap way out, but, you know, so many other plot holes through it. Yeah, I think from my side, that's probably all I actually thought of the show. I don't know if we want to give, or if we have already given our thoughts on the series as a whole, but I know for me... Yeah, I was going to ask you. I know originally when we were making these episodes, like way back when, when episode one was out and we were kind of stoked for it and we were liking the way it was going, we said, okay, well, we'll do a discussion on each episode and when it's done, we'll do one additional episode reviewing the season as a whole. I don't know if I want to do that. Do you? Oh, no. I, I don't think I could do another hour. <laughs> as much as I enjoy crapping yeah. on the show, like I think another hour yeah. of that is going to make very poor listening or viewing for Definitely. our audience out there. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so I would say if there's anything you want to say about the series as a whole now's the time to say it i know we're we're going to go a little bit over time and we did last week too so maybe if we wrap this up in the next 10 minutes at least keep it within 45 like well, let's do that but i'll, I'll just yeah. give like a, a, qu- a quick like little thing a sentence or two years so i'm not going to dwell on it too long because um yeah uh i think uh, it, it's fun in places it's forgettable in the majority of places there yeah. are like good points in it it's nice to have had like predominantly black driven uh supernatural tinge show with like hints of lovecraft as little as they as little as they've been so i appreciate that 
The writing has been extremely shoddy for the majority of the season. A lot of good characters have just been dropped by the wayside. Um, and I think that's par for the course with anything J.J. Abrams sticks his fingers in. So <laughs> I'm not surprised. But yeah. um, if you enjoyed the show, good good for you out there. Anyone who's watched it and enjoyed it, I'm glad you have. Like I don't know whether I will ever bother picking the book up. I don't mm. think so. Like um, maybe it's well written, maybe it's not. I but the show hasn't sold it to me at all. And Same. that's about all I would like to actually say about it. I I I want to say that I think your comments are pretty spot on. It's it's a lot of how I felt the whole way through. I think the first episode is probably the best. I think it, it had a really strong start. It had a really nice setup. Uh, it had Uncle George, who ended up being the best character of the entire series. And I still think that moment in the first episode, the slow car chase out of the county with the racist police yeah. on their tail, that is still some of the most tense and unnerving moments of recent television history there like watching like what the hell is going on are they going to make it like because you know that stuff is real you know that stuff happened and that was Mm -hmm. some of the scariest stuff in the entire series and i really wish i know like the civil rights and a lot of the just the terrible history plays a, a significant role in the series, but I wish they would focus more on moments like that that makes the reality visceral and uncomfortable and horrifying, which it is. That's the true horror in this series that I wish they would focus on. I think the use of Emmett Till and his murder and the use of the Tulsa Massacre I I think those were done poorly. I think they were just... These are really huge moments in... Not even so much civil rights history, but in informing civil rights history mm-hmm. in the US. And just terrible, terrible, terrible incidents. But they're used as set dressing. Yeah. Instead of showcasing what is truly horrible about it it they they don't seem to be given the same respect and i i didn't really give it as much thought until previous week when you mentioned watchmen hbo's watchmen also started with the tulsa massacre too and i had not watched it so i started watching watchmen in the past week just to give it a shot and like i mentioned to you before night and day night and day the way the Tulsa massacre is shown to be brutal Mm -hmm. in Watchmen and how you see the impact stretch into the plot of the series and how it's affecting things nearly a hundred years later simply because of just how devastating it was is so well done while in this series it just seems to be a a nice backdrop for the characters to get into action and showcase who they are. And you have Letty walk slowly through fireballs in her big hero moment that 
it, those moments were were squandered, wasted, and they feel almost uh, exploitative of mm-hmm. those scenes. Whereas a moment like in episode one, the slow car chase is just beautifully done in how uncomfortably tense and terrifying yeah. it is. And I wish if they were going to really focus on race as much as they have, they focus more on those kind of moments mm-hmm. that show the true, true terrifying nature of life back then. No, I, I couldn't so. I couldn't say better than that, Paul. I, I, I totally agree. I, I Now that you mention it, that whole sort of slow chase scene, like any form of tension like that, that was probably the last moment that in the series, for me at least, had yeah. that feeling of tension and dread almost Same. to it, right? Which is really yeah. sad. And then I, I felt like they, they touched on these sort of racial tension moments, like to a small degree. They also had um, a, a few other bits where they tried to address it, but they just never really fully went in with it, you know? And it just turned out a whole villain of the show was this blonde-haired white woman. And um, I feel like that's just a real cheap shot, you know? So yeah. that's that's really all I've got to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, overall, just there's a lot for some people to like, and I know it has fans, and I I fully understand why people would enjoy it. Uh, it's just not my particular brand of TV show. It's not something that I'm excited to look into again it's not something i will watch again uh it did have its moments like you said it it did have a couple really cool moments like you said but it just not my thing and unequivocally not lovecraftian and i'm not going to stick with it if it continues well uh, on a better note, I think uh, that means now that we've come to the the end of this 10-episode run, we can now finally move on to more Lovecraftian things, like which should actually be driving us forwards as fans of the mythos. So hopefully yeah. upcoming episodes will be far more rewarding for people to listen or watch to. And far more positive, because hopefully there'll be things we want to talk about and not things we accidentally cornered ourselves into talking about. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. Um, we we don't have anything set in stone for in terms of next week's episode, right? Um, but we'll no, be... we got we got a list of things we were planning on doing. Just don't know which one is going to be next week. Mm-hmm. I, and I know with uh, Halloween coming, um, I know from my side I'll try and do some Halloween. I know you're busy for that day, so I'll try and. Yeah. I'll try and do something special at least. I don't know whether Lovecraft and Halloween are, are very much connected anywhere. I feel like it's more schlock horror stuff, you know, like uh, Freddy and Jason and whatnot. But maybe yeah. we can do at least, I can at least do something on that day. But um, hopefully everybody's enjoyed the, the 10 episodes of boring conversation about a boring show. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it, it was appropriate level of boring for... Uh, <laughs> the source material we're working with but yeah from now on from this point forward we're going to be getting into stuff we actually want to talk about stuff we want want to show you so if you even put up with this mm-hmm. I mean, thank you thank you for doing that uh, leave a comment what did you think about the series what did you think about this episode uh what do you think about two 
middle-aged white men complaining about it. Uh, I mean, just tell us what you think. Mm. Uh, write your messages. Um, where can they find us, Terry? Well, as usual, um, if you're watching this on YouTube uh, or listening to it on podcasts, like, I mean, you can get hold of us on Twitter, Instagram, um, YouTube, obviously. Leave a voice message um, on Anchor FM where we host the podcast. YouTube comments. Um, we're also to be found hanging around on Facebook in the Howard Philip Lovecraft Historical Society, um, who have always uh, supported us in this endeavor, for which we thank them as usual. Um, and other than that, there was a Twitch channel that we're still going to get up and um, numerous other ways to get hold of us. So whichever, whichever floats your boat, go for it and we'll get back to you. We love conversation. We love being proven wrong if the show was the best instant sliced bread. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one. Thanks as well. And it's very easy to prove us wrong too. So yeah, very much so. Mind, yeah. <laughs> but as always, thanks for sticking with the, the 10 episodes of Lovecraft Country despite its ambivalent nature. I'm glad we got through it. It's uh, been a, a good way to warm up for us to start recording. So apologies for me still being stuck in South Africa with ringing phones and leopards and lions running outside devouring people in the street and whatnot. So hopefully things will improve over the coming months. Um, but I definitely look forward Thank to luck, what the future yeah. holds. So thanks for the effort you've put in, Paul. I, I, I appreciate it as always, um, as uh, our viewers do, despite my shrinking and growing stature within <laughs> our episodes. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, anything you'd like to end off with then? No, I just want to say again, thank you. Thank you, Terry. And thanks for anyone who's been watching it. Um, thanks for putting up with it. And yeah, look forward to, to positive positive videos coming up in the near future yeah we'll be seeing you soon